Hello out there in podcast land and welcome back to Spoilers, your bad movie review show on the Rat Pack Podcast Network, where we always have lots of opinions, but zero credentials. Each week we watch a movie, usually a bad one, we crack a couple jokes, give your insight into the film, and we play a couple games at the end. I'm your host, Adam. I'm joined by the maestro. <laughs> also by Cowboy. I am not really a doctor, but I play one in my bedroom. Oh, all right. Uh, this week, we continue our quarantine block of episodes to help us through this crazy, crazy thing that's happening all around the world. Uh, as you know... It's called life. It is called life. It's, it's, uh, it's, it's COVID-life. Uh, I hate that. Life as we know it. Yes. Uh, as, as you know, uh, new movies are not being released. So my usual method of choosing movies is based on what's coming out. But that method is also being quarantined. So we're going through this list. We have a list that we put together ourselves, the Rat Pack. Uh, it's a wish list of movies we want to do. So first up on this list is going to be Hollywood's pick. Hollywood chose this movie a while ago. This has been on the list for uh, maybe two years by now, but now we're getting to it. And I think okay. it fits because it's also about a world disaster. <laughs> the world coming to the end. It is 2015 San Andreas. This was directed by Brad Payton. It stars Dwayne, The Rock Johnson, Carla Gugini, Gugino, mm. Alexandra Daddario, <laughs> Ian Gruffid, and Paul Giamatti. Yes, yes that's right. I, I feel like in this movie he plays such a like secondary character in this film. Yes, he needs more screen time, but yeah. doesn't he always? Uh, here's a synopsis, and we'll get into our opinion of the movie. In the aftermath of a massive earthquake in California, a rescue chopper pilot makes a dangerous journey with his ex-wife across the state in order to rescue his daughter. Have you seen this movie before, Maestro? I have seen this movie before. I was fine with it until you put it on the spoilers. Oh. Now I don't like it. Oh, wow. Turning turning his hand already. Cowboy, Mm -hmm. have you seen this movie before? Yes, many, many times. Yep. I, I, I believe I like, you said you had it on DVD. Is that possible? Yeah, uh, Blu-ray. Blu-ray. Oh, sorry. With the time. <laughs> My bad. I forgot what year this was in. Uh, okay. <laughs> so you, you like this movie, obviously, then. You, you bought it. I, I, I do because I like uh, natural destruction videos like Day After Tomorrow, okay. uh, Perfect Storm, those type. Of, it's weird because every once in a while I find myself looking up on YouTube um, – natural disasters like tsunamis Uh and hurricanes and tornadoes and stuff like that. And watching those videos, it's just, it leaves me in awe that the possibilities of this happening. Okay. Now the storyline, yeah, I think it's the action (laughs) in the movie that I like so much. Okay. Yeah. This was to me, uh, an unfair movie because it is largely about a father-daughter relationship. And uh, anytime that comes into play, I am just a puddle of tears. Uh, I, I, my first note in the movie, we were 18 minutes in. I already had weeped openly two times. It's, 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 this is a very emotional movie for me. I, I got emotional throughout the entire thing. A lot of things yeah. pulling on the heartstrings, mostly with father-daughter things, but also just humanity being humanity was uh, it was a nice thing for me. Whoa, whoa, hold on a second. What part of this movie showed humanity? No, okay, uh, the, the, the uh, humanity is probably the wrong word. The the humans having human emotions to things. Uh, I think the part of humanity he was talking about is when the uh, step, the soon-to-be stepdad, uh, left the girl behind. Oh my right? god! Did you? That that ah oh, was okay. I had a weird journey with this guy. The the guy that looks like the guy from uh, Fantastic. He, yes, but he also looks like the Ghostbusters guy. The uh, the um the head scientist guy. Oh no, Egon. Yes, he looks. He looks like Egon. Does he not? Tell me, no. he does. He come on. No, a little bit. He looked like Mr. Fantastic from Fantastic Four. You know why? Because he, he was. was. Yes. <laughs> I at at the very beginning when everything happened and he was uh, he left he left the girl behind. I, I I was trying to give him a pass. Like this is a very traumatic experience. You're trying to deal. 
I'm going to get help because I can't do this. I'm an architect. I can't save you from the situation. So I will go get help. Yet the boy of 20-something, an aspiring architect, ends up doing more than he ever did. Right. We, we find out very quickly that guy's a huge douchebag and he deserves to die many deaths. Not. I was happy he lost his shoe. <laughs> I'm just saying, at, at the moment when everything was happening, I, I felt um, sympathetic, I guess, that he's not in his right mind. Uh, okay, so what happened was the, the whole the, – he was in the car with uh, the Rock's daughter and the floor collapses. They run into a pole, a, a big cylinder uh, – uh, not cylinder – Cement block <laughs> drops on top of the driver, Concrete pins her. Pillar. Concrete pillar drops on top of the driver, pins uh, the daughter, the daughter in, in, in the seat, and he goes to get help. At that moment, I thought, okay, this is being portrayed as he's a douchebag, but he knows where he's at in life. He's an architect. He's not, he's not a strong guy. He's not going to be able to help. I'll find somebody that can help. So I was kind of like trying to be sympathetic it's still a douchebag move for sure, but I was trying to still be on his side and understand what might be going through his head. Uh, as the movie progresses, I realized very quickly, no, 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 he's horrible. He's a very because bad guy. The only thing he's saying, oh, God, oh, God, oh, God, oh, God, oh, God. <laughs> if only he had super stretchy limbs to uh, do all the things that he had to do. Mr. Uh-huh. Fantastic Joke, you see? Okay. Uh, so overall, what did you, you think of the movie? Um, entertaining. Okay. Laborious. Laborious? Yes. Okay. I, I'm going to need some spreading okay. out of your right, thoughts. So I found that this whole movie was just based upon it. Well, Elaboration this, is okay. what I meant to say. Yeah. Uh, okay. <laughs> All this is based upon is like so the planetary, the tectonic plates, which is not even the fact that California and the San Andreas fault being part of the tectonic plates, which is kind of funny being say the least, but the tectonic plates, the way they cause major amounts of like destruction is when, when they basically overlap or crush into each other, causing the friction and stuff yes, like that. Yes, so rubbing up on That's each other. That's what they were going with, right? Right. But the San Andreas fault is not part of the tectonic plate part. It's literally just a fissure from the core, which means the reason why it's happening is not for tectonic plates coming into contact with each other. It's simply because it's a fault line. That's it. Right. So, so, it's opening up. Exactly. Which means if that pla- if the if the San Andreas fault line it was to explode like that and cause such a great crevice for to the core. That, that means that every other part of the planet should be feeling that kind of pressure as well, which means this is not an individual like in like single uh, problem. This is a worldwide pandemic, not pandemic, a worldwide uh, uh, oh. emergency because this, you can't, is, this amount of pressure is going to what you can't use words like pandemic right now. It's I know, it's right? Soon. How dare I had you? to change that. Yeah. <laughs> so. That's that's where I immediately said, like, what the hell is this? This is, doesn't make sense. If this is the amount of pressure coming off at this magnitude, above <laughs> 9.0, this doesn't make it much sense. Because with that amount of pressure, there should be much more other faults having the same issue. Well, that, that's why I started in L.A. and then went to San Francisco. No, that's the same fault, dude. It's all the same thing. You yeah, no, but it started here scale. and then went that way. You have to think world scale, man. I mean, it's all – think of it this way. You know how when you have a pimple and you pop it and it explodes, right? The <laughs> yeah. entire San Andreas <laughs> fault line is one pimple. The okay. whole face has to explode if with that, for that kind of reason. But if, if I have a pimple and, and I pop it and it explodes, my butt doesn't explode at the same time. <laughs> I'm not talking about your body. I'm talking about the face. But okay, but ear, ear, ear. okay, my ear doesn't explode. Face, not ear, face. If if cowboys people were to explode, it would take some time for that to get to me. What I'm what I'm depending trying to how say, close he was standing. What I, what I'm trying to say is <laughs> the the amount of like gravity they're trying to say about the San Andreas fault exploding with that kind of pressure, that means that the pressure should be happening in more than just one spot. 
And when I say the spot, I'm talking about all of California as one spot. What do you know about pressure? <laughs> well done. Uh, so, so, so your whole, your whole gripe about the movie was, was science, basically. Yeah, it's all scientific based. Yes. Yeah. So, so you, I, so Paul Giamatti's like, whole scientific thing that that meant nothing to you. What? 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 I didn't hear that. You kind of came out. What? Did it? Paul Giamatti's whole scientific. This is here's the explanation of everything that was it, like nothing for you. His okay, his entire explanation was it is this is not over yet. This is not over yet. That's his explanation. His entire explanation was it's not over yet. Mm. Because what they were saying was uh based upon what he was getting for readings is what is that they weren't subsiding. Right. What he was seeing were uh remnants of pre tremors. You know what those are? Yes. Yeah. So what all he's doing his basis on logic on is saying that okay, it's not over yet. It's not over yet. Buckle up, bitches. It's gonna make it get worse. That's well, the, I, that's the entire I, thing. I, I think the reason why he came to that conclusion is years of studying and the models that he came up with, and they finally figured out that they can predict the ongoing or the coming up of earthquakes, like they predicted at the dam. Yes. Yes. Where that really cool dude that what, died really early in the first like, yeah. what, 50 minutes. But he saved the girl. Yeah, he did, but he lost it. Okay, this is my problem about it. Oh, is my God. He had enough time to get his, to like suffer through the pain and get his foot off of that, off of that rebar to get out of there. I mean, like, come on. No. With yes. With adrenaline rushing, you can do it, dude. It's through I, your freaking... Uh, Foot all the way through. Okay, I broke my arm right through the center point right here. My arm looked like a little, literally like a python, ready to strike somebody. All right, that that's the, how it looked like. It was all wobbly and everything. Okay. The pain didn't set in. There was no pain. All right, you are a beast. This man I is my toe earlier <laughs> today, <laughs> and you were down for hours. <laughs> Yeah, I had to call a tow truck. Okay, <laughs> uh, uh, okay uh, that's kind of where I'm going for. This guy's a scientist. He's, he doesn't have your physique, Maestro. He, he cannot uh, block a truck with his forearm and send it back in time. you kidding me. This guy's a known martial artist. He's in a bunch of films, dude. He's not in this movie. He's an actor. You understand? He's an actor like a scientist. The physique. <laughs> Was this the same guy from uh, Fast and Furious? Uh, Tokyo, um, Tokyo no, Drift? no, no. He's the same guy from I think Another from movie. Rush Hour Three. Oh, okay. I'm, so I'm being racist. I get it. Uh, okay. <laughs> Sorry. Oh, you can't just nod, Mister. The audio doesn't work that way. I I didn't want to say it to everybody, but okay. now you That's might fine. as well do it for you. All right. Very good. All right. So Mister agrees I'm racist. Fantastic. Uh, <laughs> I recognize the guy. It's all that matters. Uh, he. I think he. he he would have reacted the same way anybody else would have. Uh, I think actually, he's sexist now. Because uh, <laughs> I said he. Because he may not. He may not identify as a guy. I see. Okay. What if he's a transsexual <laughs> from Transylvania? I, I I did see this meme about the whole uh, the COVID thing. They they're giving stats on how many men are affected, and how many women are affected. They're not saying how many other fifty-seven genders are being affected by this. So. <laughs> so, so Anyway, uh, <laughs> how many non-binaries are affected? By exactly. Oh. Yeah, we don't have those stats because it's impossible to tell. Uh, anyway, <laughs> what movie was it that I was watching recently? Oh yeah, it was Hobbs and Shaw, where the main bad guy wanted to create like a new society where everyone was partially robotic, were no longer human or mostly human. We basically that, that's basically where yeah. we are now with our cell phones. Kinda, except for the fact <laughs> it's not in our body; it's outside stuff. Mm, not yet, not yet. I didn't see you. We'll get there in time, right? Oh, in time. in time. That's also in our archives. It was like two weeks ago. Movie did on spoilers. Oh. All right, uh, back to the movie. So, so Mishra's gripe is all science based. That this could not happen because the science is not there. Oh come on! It's always science based. My gripes are always about logic. You know that. No, I don't know that. Your gripes, the things that you enjoy to me are not logical. I don't understand. We're going to watch a movie next week, which I'm, I guarantee you I'm going to come back and bite you in the ass with this. Where's the oh. logic in this movie? 
I'll explain the shit out of whatever movie you give me. We'll get to that later. But, uh, right. How logical is five venoms? <laughs> I can, Oh, you want to? You want to go through that? I can go through that rabbit hole right now. Nope, we don't. We don't. We don't have okay. time for that. All right. Anybody got time for that? I'll tell you what's logical. <laughs> uh-huh. My fancy, fancy boots. I swear to God, why do you do this? Thank you for bringing that. Thank you for bringing that up, Cowboy. There's no logic there. It's this horrible meme you guys keep. For the same reason, it's not even a meme. But for the same reason, whatever. Why Adam keeps on bringing up Die Hard? I will bring up the Crack Fox forever. First of all, I do not bring up Die Hard all the time. Yes, you do. I bring up Bruce Willis. How many pictures of Bruce Willis do you have in your room right now? Irrelevant. I bring up Bruce Willis, not Die Hard. You break up with Bruce Willis? I bring up Hard? Bruce Willis constantly. Uh, okay. Die Hard is not always a subject of it. Sometimes there's other things he's been in. Okay. He's, he's got a plethora of movies. He's fantastic. Uh-huh. I kind of feel like you don't know the meaning of the word. <laughs> hey, look. I got a sweater. <laughs> Anybody want a peanut? I don't know what's happening. All right. <laughs> Let's see. I'm going to go through my notes now since uh, you guys are all over the place with this. Uh, the brother. The brother we meet at the beginning uh, when he he has an interview with the uh, the company that uh, the girl works for, Alexandra Daddario. Blake. Yes. She the works older for, brother or the younger brother? The older, the brother. older brother. This older the brother, younger, du- younger brother duo is yeah. fantastic. I, I love – I love the way they are with each other. Uh, the way that the younger brother is basically helping the older brother pick up girls. This okay, is fun I to mean, me. The way I see it is this: the older brother is pretty much Christopher Robin from the Winnie the Pooh Adventures. <laughs> okay. And the brother, the little brother, is Tigger on crack. Uh, oh, okay. <laughs> I didn't see him bouncing around at all. No. Oh, you saw him bouncing around when he got thrust, thrown around. No, oh. about it though. Uh, too soon. Too soon. How's it? Uh, what? I don't know. <laughs> I, 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 mean, I, would say, I would say the younger brother is more like Rue. Rue? Good choice. Good choice. Mm, mm, okay. I, I enjoyed the way that they interacted with each other, the, the brothers, where the younger brother obviously was um, not more mature. What's the word they use for those kids that are smarter than they should be? Precarious. Are you sure? Precocious. That's the one. Are you, sh- are you sure? Precocious? Are you serious? Precocious. Mm-hmm. Google it. Google it. Yeah, no, I'm, I got too much stuff to do. Uh, the, the, the point is that the whole intro thing. Okay. I guess my main gripe is with uh, Alexandra Daddario, the, the Blake, the, the daughter of the rock. The hot one? The super hot one. The, the one that was uh, outrageously hot and outrageously. Uh, what's the word? Damn it! Smart, approachable. She was too approachable. She was too genial. She she was too much of the perfect woman in this movie that it threw me off. Like that doesn't exist. Uh, they do exist in movies. Yes, they're called unicorns. Right. Yeah, but it, it, she she was she was too nice to this g- random guy. She has too much knowledge from her dad. Uh, it's I mean it. Honestly, it's the way I wish my daughter would grow up to be. This perfect version of a human being where she took all of my knowledge that I gave to her and then was also nice to people and just complete package. It's 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 what I would wish for my daughter. So basically what you're – oh, so you're saying you wish your daughter was like Blake. But but it's, it's, a, it's a fancy version of what in it's- my mind is what a, a girl could be. But that's the thing, Adam. It's not a fantasy. It's just something that you don't see very often. Yes, true. I can guarantee you look to a person that's as well-rounded as a person like in like Blake is in that film. You'll see people like that. But uh, there's just a, there's a lot of things that resonate with me in, in a weird way that. If if she is this much of a good person, why did she uh-huh. not then go stay with her dad and be there for her dad? If she's that awesome, simple because her her, her mom needs more support than her dad, and she took that route because she felt like the mother needed more help. No, but but what we get from the movie is the dad needed more help than the mom did. 
No, he didn't. He that was struggling. To express it. That's all. Right. That's why he needed the support. The, okay. So basically, ah, the, the story ah. of the dad is that his daughter died because, and he feels responsible for it. He blames himself for the death of his daughter, his other daughter, and he he's he's a, he's a mess because of it, which ends up breaking up the marriage. So he's he's a troubled person, and a daughter that is this uh, finely tuned in this movie to be a perfect person just left the dad. That yeah, that doesn't resonate with she, me. She is, but you got to think about it this way: she went with the mom because the dad was so like in his own head to the point where he was working all the time. Yeah, he didn't have the time to be a dad. Because he was working so much. And so she went and lived with the mom because she would have a parental figure in her life. She, the dad pretty much shut himself down emotionally. Yeah. The daughter growing up still needed a parental figure to express feelings, especially considering that her younger sister passed away. Considering that the dad never acknowledged the fact because he didn't want to talk about it means that he was not emotionally invested in the situation that was happening. And by so in, but including that she and him would never create that kind of a family connection because of what he's in. But they still had a huge connection. They were, they were still very close. They, they, the, the way they were with each other was very much. The way that I envision myself with my daughter is this is a, yeah. a very good connection that they had. Yeah, maybe the reason why it's like this is because that's the he needed space. The reason why the relationship didn't work was because he couldn't talk about the relationship because of how much it hurt. Right, and so the daughter went with the mother because she could like talk to her, express her feelings, move on, grow, heal. The and more that was no comfort. Exactly, and that was healthier for the daughter growing up. Okay, I, I, I just the, the the character of of Blake, the uh, yes. Alexandra Daddario. Yes, to me, I think was was I think too sensationalized and too too perfect. That that's the only real issue I had with the movie. Uh, really? Are you serious? Yeah, <laughs> it, it really is. But this, like I said before, this is this is a very heavy father daughter movie. So for me, my ties are to that aspect of it. Okay. The other things, uh, I think, were fun. <laughs> all the destruction, all the things that were happening around, uh, it, it was fun to see. Uh, well, not all the people dying, of course. Uh, but but the way they portrayed it, the 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 action sequences, the suspense in this movie, I think was top shelf. No, no I agree. I, so. I disagree. Oh, I agree, especially when he was taking that boat over that big, huge tsunami. <laughs> when you see the big cargo ship coming up and over, oh man, that's it's gnarly. See, for me. I see seeing that I'm like okay this is different. I've seen this in a film before. I like the idea they did that. But suspense wise, nah. They basically like for instance when they're in the helicopter and they're just like flying across like like middle uh, I don't even know where it is. Let's call it Oxnard or whatever you want to call it, right? Bakersfield. Sure, let's roll with that. And basically they're having like a like a heart to heart at some point and everything's all nice and calm and all cheeky. And then they hit the hard city and all the craziness like goes crazy. And I'm like, I mean, I I, I can understand that like they're like, I can sing like a lot. I can understand that they're spending a lot of time like uh, conversing. Yeah. Like (laughs) in a conversation over the flatlands. But as soon as you get to a city, all of a sudden all hell breaks loose. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, it's like it's like it's pre it's preordained to happen. It's just the helicopter like, was running out of uh, gas, right? No, it wasn't just running out of gas. There was uh, what was it? It was a gearbox failure because That's of it. something they they ran into in Los Angeles when they were trying to get out of a certain terrain. Exactly. Yeah. Because basically, when they picked up the mother on the was it? It was supposed to be the 16th floor. The it would be the 13th floor because like half the building collapsed. Yeah, uh, that was not yeah. suspenseful. That was crazy suspenseful. 
How? When she's trying to exit the building and people are dying, she's saying, "Get to the roof, everybody! Get to the roof!" Like Bruce Notice Willis would I'm say, listen. like Bruce Willis would say in the the first Die Hard movie. <laughs> nah, he wouldn't. Everybody, he wouldn't say get off the roof. He was he was saying, "Get off the roof," because they yeah, they had right. bombs there. Uh, but yeah, she, and, and, and Arnold Schwarzenegger was saying, "Get to the job." Yeah, see, it's all the same. It's all the same story. Uh, but so she was trying to get to the roof because she knew her ex husband was going to be there. So she was trying to get there as fast as she could. Everybody yeah. else was dying. Opened a door. Oh, there's no building there anymore. And then the the uh, God damn it. The, the this movie I think was very good with dealing with the suspense of everything that was happening was what's going to happen next. Ah, uh, I, I got lost in it. I got lost in it because it was like a it was a disaster happening. And how are they going to get out of this? When Blake was drowning. Oh my God. That was crazy emotional. That was maybe the seventh time I cried in, in the movie. <laughs> and also, she did a, a very good job of the the drowning motion that she did uh, when she was like, "I'm out of, I'm out, I'm out of air, I'm out, it's over." And the Rock was like, "Oh no, not today." I'm He Man. Yeah. <laughs> And I say, hey. <laughs> actually, at this time he was Hercules. That was <laughs> another movie he was doing at the same time as this. Around was he Moana? Yeah, no, no, Moana was much later. <laughs> Do you remember the Hercules soundtrack for the intro in his film series? I forget. Hercules, Hercules. Now that's that's the was it clumps? No, that was the another professor. professor. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, squeak, uh, squeak, uh, squeak, uh, squeak. That, that was uh, Emperor's New Groove. Emperor's New Groove. Yeah. yeah. Nope. Yeah. And that was and not I even the Rock. That was. <laughs> oh, now I never zero to hero. That was the song name. Okay. For Disney. Uh, okay. There were there were some clever things in the movie, I think, and we'll see if Mister Science uh, rebukes this. When, once everything went down, the uh, the only way to get in touch with the helicopter was a rotary phone. Through the landline because all the cell towers were probably down. Yes. What do you think about that part of it? Makes sense. I mean, like when it comes down to it, well, uh, not necessarily because the yes, the electricity may have been like uh, shot in certain areas, but that doesn't mean that the entire area would have been like completely shut down. Okay, so for instance, okay, if electricity was shut down, uh, why? Okay, Wi-Fi. Cell phone Wi-Fi towers right. shouldn't shouldn't stop working on the side that's connected to like central hubs, right? Right. Okay. Logically, it makes sense, right? Well, Which means okay. that <laughs> it can connect to internet and vice versa, right? Cell phones can connect. Also, satellites aren't aren't affected by the by any of the the tectonic plate activity or yeah, but plate. but but if there's if the the electricity's down on Earth because of it, they're not going to get the signal from the satellite because there's no electronics gathering that signal. Yes, well, that's the problem behind that because it's based upon a fault line, right? Where everything goes like haywire. The only way that electron electricity would have like been affected is if it took out. The, the hub for the grid. That well, means- I, I, the power lines. I, I was playing I was playing a little bit of a devil's advocate there, but I, I'd have to agree with uh I don't know who I'm agreeing with, honestly. But <laughs> if she got on a landline phone, she's calling a helicopter in midair that's not connected with the landline. Yes. It would have to go to a satellite to the helicopter so that landline would be irrelevant. Absolutely. This is my issue as well. So if, if, if all communications are down, we're assuming satellites or the, the radio towers that are providing the feeds to the satellites have been disrupted. So all cell phones are now unusable. <laughs> we, 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 get that, we get that premise. Cell phones are down because radio towers are probably down. How then is the landline phone getting to the chopper? I don't know. Does not make sense. Fine. There's a butterfly fairy that's carrying <laughs> the sound waves. I think it's the tooth fairy is what you're talking about. That was another role. Ah, yes. Yes. Dwayne the Rock yeah. Johnson played. 
And if he was white, he'd be the pacifier. <laughs> oh, that's Vin Diesel. Different movie. All right. I know. That's what I said. The okay. Rock was white. He'd be the pacifier. <laughs> oh, I see. Very good. Very good. All right. Uh, we are talking about the douchebag dad. Right. So the douchebag dad from the beginning that I, I was trying to give him credit for uh, eventually ends up showing his douchebaggery uh, where he, he basically kills a guy. Yeah, there's there's a earthquake happening. He pulls a guy out from a safe space, throws him on the floor to take his safe space, and then that guy dies. He's yeah. now a murderer, and now everything that I was thinking about, like oh, maybe that's not <laughs> that's not judged too harshly. Oh no no, fuck that guy. Fuck him so bad. I hate him. <laughs> He's the worst. Uh, yeah, so so we already found out about the whole uh, daughter drowning in the rafting thing, and back to what you were saying as far as when when uh, Blake was starting to drown in the building. Once the building started collapsing, it was just the whole. Uh, this is another crying point for for me. Uh, <laughs> where he already lost one daughter to a drafting uh, a rafting accident, and now he's about to lose another daughter to drowning the exact same way, basically. Yeah, that's that's that, that's weird. It was a lot of it was, it was too much. It was too much tears, man. I was I was but, very, very emotional. Before that drowning scene, right there, they were saved by a laser pointer. <laughs> yes, and that, that was one of those things that I saw when, when they were first in, like the Radio Shack, wherever they were, a, a, a neighborhood version, uh, hole in the wall version Radio Shack, where they got their ordinary phone. To call the dad, which we already deemed was impossible, uh, we saw that the younger kid, the younger English kid with the laser pointer, I'm like, oh, that's going to come back later. I knew it's going to come back. It has to. And it did. So uh, Dwayne Rock Johnson and his ex-wife, after he saves her from that building, they're trying to fly to San Francisco. A helicopter goes down. They then get another plane and blah, 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 blah. Then they get a boat. <laughs> they they get through the tsunami, which seems a little weird, but it's fine. And then they get to the same building in which Blake, the daughter, is, as well as the English kids are in. And the, laser the English kids, them. eh? Yes. Uh, and I guarantee you, in this movie, they're not wearing fancy, fancy boots. So <gasps> it's all fine. You said it. No. <laughs> There was a problem I had with this scene when they're in the building where it starts collapsing under the water and the water starts breaking through the glass. So, so, uh, so Blake is at the window trying to knock like, Hey dad, mom, I'm over here. And then then the water breaks through that glass. Yes. She's standing in front of that glass. Yes. She should have been shrapnelized. All that, all that glass would have gone into her body. No. No? How no? no? Because it doesn't break like it does in Ghost, dude. What, what Ghost? What we going Ghost? With, like, with Patrick Stewart? His name. Oh, yeah. Patrick, Patrick, Patrick Swayze. Patrick Swayze. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. What, what you're, more. What, yeah. What you're looking at with the, the glass itself is not like glass that breaks like normal because it's actually just glass. It's a form of a glass that that basically protects against. Um, it's tempered. This, mm-hmm. It's tempered glass at that level. Yes. So, so what 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 would the glass do if water were to rush in at that in that oh, way? It, it would it would crack and break into chunks immediately. Exactly right. And small that, chunks the size of dimes. And those chunks are now rushing towards you in a very fast fashion. If you're standing behind that glass as it breaks, now you have those chunks of glass coming at you. That's not going to cut through your skin? No. What? What? <laughs> All right. I guess I don't know science as well as you do, my show. I apologize for that. No, okay. okay. Let's, let's, here's, a fref- here's a little reference, okay? My uh, parents have a, have a single-plated tempered glass in their house at the time. Right. My parents, my parents. <laughs> and basically what happened was uh, the stress from the pan-tempered glass over time, because the, the, the window was actually quite old, um, with the pressure from the house closing with air, actually broke the glass. And the glass is about like six feet by eight feet or something like that. I don't know, something weird. Anyways, so what happened was um, 
the glass didn't it broke into pieces the size of dimes and immediately fell to the ground and I looked at the pieces as they fell to the ground they weren't most of those pieces weren't even sharp how is that possible exactly but most of those pieces weren't even sharp no when no, I, cle- I, cle- but how I is that cleaned possible? up you can't say exactly they have to be sharp some of them have to be sharp but not that kind of sharp. Not, not they're not like sharp like glass, like the kind of corner of your eye sharp. I'm talking about like, um, the, it was made to break in a way that it wouldn't create a, a straight line to cut. It's like your windshield on your car. If it exactly. shatters, it's going to shatter into small itty bitty pieces that will not try to cut you. But they're rushing towards you at a very drastic velocity. Drastic. <laughs> Accelerated velocity, whatever. That, that has to do something. And for Christ's sake, the, 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 the older English brother was standing outside of a window uh, on the street, and windows are cracking upside his head, came down and stabbed him in the leg. Yeah, but because that's the, that's the stuff on Knob Hill, man. It's a, it's a, it's a historical area. Most of that, most of those glasses are oh. not, are not, uh, what's it called? They're it's not, old pain, exactly. pain glasses. Yes. That's, that glass is from ghosts. I don't know. I'm not, I'm not buying your, your science talk. It's not working for me. Okay. Let's just say it this way. <laughs> let's put it this way. The amount of the amount of, the amount of uh, volume of water going through the going through the glass at the same time would have pushed the uh, the glass from whatever piece that was forced or weakest out away as it filled up the area, causing the immense amount of force of water to push through. If you look at um, smoke or water as it pushes through, it doesn't go straight; it goes in circles around the edges where they where they break in through. So whatever glass you see that gets breaking broken uh, will d- not go broken in a straight fight. line. It will go upwards or outwards okay. towards into a, like a summer like a funnel like at well like movement and not go straight and whatever is behind the water or whatever force is going through will push through over that creating um, a clean a uh, break where the glass will not fall through towards the body of the person in front. Okay, so it like breaks to the sides, not straight out. Exactly. Okay. Is fine. that better? Uh, uh, fine. Uh, for the purpose Barely. of this conversation, I'll, I'll, we'll move on. And to be quite honest with you, the the glass, the way it would break, it would be like small little pebbles. Yeah, but even then, it would be okay. It doesn't matter. Yeah. Uh, so you got two gets one out of. <laughs> fine. She's fine. She she lived. Fantastic. Uh, for now. <laughs> Now she gets drowned. We talked about this earlier uh, with with Cowboy. She she gets the whole dramatic drowning sequence. She yeah. she does drown. Yeah. And it takes a while for her to get resuscitated. What? How long did would you say that uh, amount of time is for her to drown? Oh, it was a long time. And that fifteen minutes you say? It it, it seemed like over five minutes. Uh, oh but, yeah, I'm I'm saying fifteen. I, okay, I think fifteen it, minutes. Okay, yeah. Perfect. She would have brain damage, right? Not necessarily. If the brain is out without oxygen for three minutes, I think that's when the brain damage occurs. That's that's assuming that there's a lack of oxygen for the brain to begin with. Okay. You have to also come in the context of the fact that she's also – most of her lungs are dilated because she's trying to suck in as much air as possible. Also, she's and half not, the rock, so she has oh, a yeah, superhero. Right. 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 <laughs> but what I'm saying is – People have come back from amount of time having no brain damage and being dead for a certain amount of time. Oh, right. Yes, like, yes uh, there. The, yes, there is a amount of damage done to tissues that do not have oxygen, but it doesn't necessarily mean it's the brain because the brain isn't necessarily connected immediately to the lungs. It has to go through the system of the body. So the amount of time it takes for the brain to cause brain damage isn't necessarily the same as if there was lung damage. You know what's very upsetting what? right now is the fact that you are able to make this much sense while also backing up movies like The Five Venoms 
There's <laughs> the disconnect is no. This is and what's wrong with the five venoms? Okay, we're not getting into that. But <laughs> they're deadly. <laughs> yes, they are. Yes, they are. And you know what? Most of the guys, most of the fighters in that in that movie, the, yeah. the kung fu guys, were in fancy fancy boots. Yes, they were. I actually met one of those guys. The guy in the red vest from the Deadly Venoms. I met him in person. Amazing guy. He was really cool. Spoke Cantonese, and he even like took pictures with me. It was great. What kind of boots was he wearing? Oh my uh, god! We're moving on. Moving on to the next point. <laughs> I think there were new balances. God damn uh, it! All right. Uh, let's jump forward uh, now to the end of the movie. The movie's over. Uh, earthquakes are done. Paul Giamatti has saved the day, basically. Uh, well, for the most part, he he warned enough people. Eyes. What? <laughs> Paul Giamatti did uh, his, his piece. He had his whole team at Caltech breaking into the network systems uh, to warn people about his devices. He told them, "We can predict what's happening, and it's going to get worse. So you guys are all screwed. Get to safety." <laughs> So Paul Giamatti saved a lot of lives. Uh, so did the Rock, uh, Dwayne The Rock Johnson and whatnot. But now let's transpose this into real life. <laughs> Here we go. If this movie were to happen in real life, uh, Paul Giamatti and Dwayne The Rock Johnson, I think, would be out of jobs. They would be fired immediately. First of all, Paul Giamatti hacked into a system – uh, the, 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 the mainstream media, uh, as we call it now these days, apparently technically he did not, he, <laughs> he, uh, he recruited people, interns or whatever from Celtic. He gave them extra credit. <laughs> Verbally, there is nothing in writing says he did or did not anything. Right. But he, he broke into a room and said, who wants to get extra credit? In a class, I'm sure he does not teach. Uh, Who says anything about breaking <laughs> in? It was wide open, dude. The point is, he broke a lot of laws. Dwayne The Rock Johnson also. He was on a helicopter to mm-hmm. go provide relief for other things. Yes. He then decided, eh, I'm going to save my wife and kids. Or kid, sorry. Too soon. Technically, he did, didn't he? Yeah. He, no, he, he, he proceeded to the city to produce relief, yes? He went to a different city. Uh, he, he, he changed his course to save his ex-wife and daughter. In mm-hmm. real life, he would be fired. Paul mm-hmm. Giamatti would be fired. Nah. No, that, that's the He's way. He's a hero. He would not be fired. In this if movie, he- yes. But in real life, there would be so many lawsuits. All the, no. all the, people, no. all the people that died, their families would sue no. on behalf of them. Saying, they would not sue him because he's the only person that said that they had to run. The only person that said what they should have done. Oh, okay. Paul Giamatti, okay, maybe he might be safe, but then there'll be a background search on how did you get that – how did you get this pirate signal out of Caltech? And then it, it, then he'd be in a lot of trouble. I can guarantee you that would never happen because there would be a, there would be so many people so angry with whoever was trying to prosecute they would never see the light of day. But th- but there would be the people the fucking asshole douchebags that would try to make him out to be the bad guy and, and yeah they're dead already. But the families are alive and that's who's going to sue. They're going to sue the only person that told them to run. Yes. That is Fine. our society. This is California. This is, we're ugly Americans. This is how it would go. <laughs> and that's probably the reason why they're all dead. Yeah. Well. Maybe that's the reason why the San Andreas fault came out the way it did. Right? Yeah. To get rid of those guys. Right? I understand. Yeah. I just got very upset. <laughs> what? You I need hate, a hug? I hate people. Uh, pe- people are dumb, crazy people. Yeah. A person, a person is smart, yeah. intelligent. <laughs> exactly right. You want to say the whole phrase? You can do it. You're better yeah. than I am at that. No, it was, it was from Men in Black. We did it on the last episode of uh, In yeah. Time uh, yeah. before the coronavirus uh, quarantined us, and now we're doing on Google Hangouts. To catch the reference, watch that episode. Yeah, check out Outbreak, which which was a fun episode, I think. But I think they're all fun because I'm hanging out with my friends. All right. 
Uh, I think that's the end of my notes for the episode. Anything else you guys talk about before we move on? Cowboy? No. <laughs> okay. So if that's the case, my point about this whole entire film was that, okay, logically, I told you my, my bit about science not making sense here. I told you why um, majority of what was happening didn't make sense. There was some basis of logic behind it because you went to a new building being built, which had double pane, blah, 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 tempered glass. Yep. And what happened the way it did happened. But I'd have to say the majority of the film wasn't dramatic enough for me to like say, oh, no, what's going to happen next? Because I'm like, oh, they're going to pull this again. Okay, this is going to happen. <laughs> Nothing about this film was, I would say, new, except for the the tsunami bit where they portrayed the boat going up the thing, which is also done, I think, in what's the the one with uh, perfect storm. The guy, perfect George storm. Yes, the perfect storm. Yes. Yeah. I'd say that's the only thing that I was interested in watching because everything else about the film kind of fell short for me. Oh, okay. Cowboy, final thoughts on the movie? Final thoughts on the movie. I still think it's an awesome portrayal of natural disaster. All right. Very good. Uh, I, I found it to be fun. It, it was, well, fun's a weird word. Entertaining, uh, I think, is more accurate. The, the father-daughter dynamic, of course, pulled on my heartstrings, so I got all crazy and emotional. I cried several times during the movie. Uh, I think it was very suspenseful as the things were happening. As, as all the crazy things that Earthquake would do, I think I found realistic and like, oh, my God, how would you ah, – what would I do? I, I, I was very stressed out watching the movie during certain scenes. Like, oh my god, what's going to happen? Ah, I, I didn't find it predictable. I mean, obviously, <laughs> obviously, I knew that Blake was going to live at a certain point when she when she quote unquote drowned. She had to live, otherwise, this movie would have sucked. Uh, but other than that, I overall I, I found it very enjoyable, and uh, yeah, that's it. The end. All right. Let's go for reviews now. We're going to play a game, as we always do, where I make you guys guess the Rotten Tomato score versus the critics and the audience. So I'm going to give you good reviews first from the top critics. Here we go. Uh, Wesley Morris from Greatland. The earth of San Andreas cleaves itself, open to us like the devil's sunroof. What? We are not... Oh, my God. The earth of San Andreas cleaves itself open to us like a devil's sunroof. Who are we not to leap into the void? I don't know what that means. God damn it. All right. Uh, Peter Rayner from Christian Science Monitor. The CGI effects in this film directed by Brad Payton are quite remarkable and help us and help take one's mind off. The cornball disaster brings family together. Underpinnings. Yowz. Underpinnings? What does that mean? Uh, all the disaster happening was was a nice relief from the uh, family dynamics of, hey, we're going to be okay. All right. Those are good reviews from the top critics. Now bad reviews from the top critics. Allison Wilmore from BuzzFeed News. This movie didn't take much time escalating from realistic depiction of a disaster to giant numbing CGI spectacle. Another bad review. This is from David Elric from Time Out. Campy, but never campy enough and far too numbingly artificial to ever drum up any real suspense of sense of awe. The film has a scale that's squandered on visual witlessness. See, that I agree with. All right, so those are good and bad reviews from the top critics. What do you want to guess a top critic score is for this movie? So this is Rotten Tomatoes' game we play. This is based on a score of 0 to 100 amongst the critics and the audience. We're doing the critics first. 0 to 59 is rotten. 50, 60 to 84 is fresh. 85 and up is certified fresh. 
What do you want to guess first? The critics? Nope. I got to fix my script. We're doing Uh-oh. the critics only right now. <laughs> I, gave the, <laughs> I gave you the reviews for the critics in the audience. What do you think the critics rated this movie? Mm. Go ahead, Maestro. I would say 47%. Mm. I'm going the other way. And I'm going to say 58. 58 and 47. The tomato meter, the top critics on, tom- on RottenTomatoes.com is 50 percent it's 50 oh yeah i guess that one all right now the audience these are the non-top critic reviews let's do the good ones first uh let's start with the bad we'll do the bad ones first this is from debbie lynn from behind the lens screenwriter carlton cues delivers an interesting script but somewhere in the passing of the torch to director brad payton how much CGI can we use clearly became the overwhelming production mantra, which the detracted from the raw human drama and emotions. Oof. All right. Here's Josh Goler from Spectrum. San Andreas falls into the disaster porn trap of giving us a few characters to follow while they're otherwise surrounding by hordes of screaming, destructive fodder. All right, good reviews from the non-top critics. This is from Sensach. Oh, Sense. I don't know. Sensein. Let's go with Sensein. The script of San Andreas is as simple and schematic as the most disaster films, except that it's more honest. It does not need a dozen characters to fill in the story. All right. A review from Abby Bernstein from Assignment X. If you have been hoping for a new disaster flick with maximum amount of devastation, this fits the bill in spades. Should have watched um, what Last Action Hero instead. <laughs> so that is the non-top critics, the audience. What do you think the audience rated this movie? Okay, so sixty-two. Ooh, all right. That's a good answer. Sixty-two actually. from Cowboy. Ah, that's a good answer. Um, a lot of the a lot of the audience would have said they would liked it a lot. I think. Um, you know what? Just uh, 55. 55. 55. Yeah. All right. The audience rated this at fifty-two percent. Maestro gets both showcases. Look at you, man. Oh my goodness, I'm on a roll. I guarantee you it ain't happening next time. <laughs> it's weird because I feel like the the people that are reviewing this were on opposite sides of too much CGI versus good CGI and too much characters versus not enough characters. It was it was a weird weird thing, but that's why it's right at the fifty level mark. Yeah. I feel like that I feel that too. That's probably the reason why I said what I saw you. All right. Paul Giamatti and Gary Wood were not in this film except Paul Giamatti was in this film. Yes, he was. And I think I, he made it so much better because of him. I think Paul Giamatti um, <laughs> should be the scientist guy that came up with the model. Um, <laughs> I feel like Paul Giamatti should have been the guy that, you know, told everyone that they should run. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I what? agree with you. Yeah. I, I agree with both of you. You guys are, you both have very good points you're bringing up. But, okay, did this movie not show how awesome Paul Giamatti was? I felt like it fell short for Paul Giamatti. Oh, I felt like what? I felt like he could – I feel like they should have put more of him because he played – Oh, okay, there you go. One, Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I'm saying <laughs> they, there should have been more Paul Giamatti. He was – I think Paul Giamatti should have been The Rock. <laughs> yeah. He, he was super effective in his role. Yes, he was. Everything he said was just like, oh, tell me more. What's happening? Oh, my God. He's, he's, he's amazing. And this is why this segment is in this movie because he, he, I think he played the character so well. Oh, my God. Oh, okay. Uh, Gary Oldman. Like are you telling me that there is like a part in your mind where, Gary, where Paul Giamatti and Bruce Willis are fighting? Oh, that would be a movie I would watch for sure. I would fund it even. Uh, I, I would take a mortgage out on my house. I would I would sell uh, my daughter and uh, girlfriend, 
And Don't tell her that. I would also sell you guys. So whatever. <laughs> I can make that happen. <laughs> I don't work for peanuts and I don't do windows. Oh, all right. Then you're out. Uh, all right. I'll lick the windows. <laughs> you can't lick windows right now. Six feet distance. Technically, that is good distance because it's on one side versus the other. Okay. I'll, I'll disinfect it before I lick it. All right. Is it uh, – <laughs> what kind of glass is it? Does it break away and cause a sharp things on it? I'll be well away from water. Okay. Very good. Was this the 80s or no? <laughs> All right, Gary Oldman. Who should have Gary Oldman played in this movie? Blake. Blake? No. <laughs> How dare you? No. No. Alexandra Daru no. needs to be in this movie. She needs to be in this movie. Why? Because. Why? Did you watch her in every other film she's been in? I've, I swear well, you, you have said not. She, hold on. You said she needs to be in this movie, but you complained about her in this movie. It didn't mean I didn't enjoy watching her. I, I enjoyed watching her in this movie. I just feel like her character was too perfect and it was very upsetting. So and, you're telling me that Blake was like an ideal woman for you and you felt like she's a unicorn and it doesn't exist. She's on my list now. I'll just put it at that. That's fine. <laughs> I can give you a couple of couple other films then. Oh. She was a new girl. Uh, that's how I recognize her. Really? She was – no. So the fact that you didn't recognize her in – uh, Percy Jackson. Never saw it. The fact that you didn't recognize her in uh, White Collar means nothing. Oh yes, she was the main, the main uh, yeah, girlfriend, wife, the first two person. seasons. Yes, woo, yes. And that, maybe that's why. Uh, okay, I don't want to get too far into it. Uh, I think uh, Gary Oldman should have been uh, possibly the douchebag dad. That could have been fun. That's a good one. Other than that, there's nobody else for him to play. All right, let's do trivia. This is part of the show where I give you guys ooh, little... Ooh, ooh, before oh. we go that way, um, okay. have Gary Oldman be the earthquake. <laughs> <laughs> Just voicing over, boom. He <laughs> <laughs> uh, could have been all the weather elements. He could have been the tsunami as well. <laughs> ooh, that would have been good. <laughs> I'm coming for you. All right. <laughs> Uh, that would make this a whole different movie. That's why I like Killers. All right. Article. <laughs> <laughs> well, it would be a very seriously black uh, affair if he did that. Oh. He played serious black. And, all right. Uh, oh, this is yes. the part of the show where I give you guys little bits or information you may not know about the film. Hey, when he was playing Sirius Black, he had some fancy, fancy boots on. Oh, my God. Yes, uh, he did. Yes, director he did. Brad Payton brought in Thomas Jordan, USC professor and director of the Southern California Earthquake Center, to fact check the script for plausibility. Though both Payton uh, and the lead actor Dwayne Johnson contended the script portrayed the film accurately, he has then been quoted as saying, I gave them free advice some of which they took, but much of which they didn't. Magnitude nines are too big for San Andreas, and it can't produce a big tsunami. Dun, dun, dun. Yeah. Maestro's logic <laughs> comes to pass as correct. You know, that, but that would not make for a good movie. Yeah, this is a good movie, and uh, Maestro's problems with it are now ejected from the record. We talk about uh, that. Alec- founded. I'm moving founded. on. Moving on. Alex- <laughs> Alexander Dario is 14 years younger than Dwayne Johnson, who plays her father, and 15 years younger than Carla uh, Gugino, who plays her mother. 14, 15 years old. That means they got busy real early. Mm. That doesn't mean it's deniable. That's plausible. Yeah, it's fine. It's fine. Thank you, Mythbusters. <laughs> All right. This one's kind of this one's interesting and and also uplifting. Jacob O'Connor, a ten-year-old boy from Michigan, saved his younger brother Dylan from drowning by using a technique he learned from watching Ray save Blake. Ray, Ray, so Ray. Dwayne Johnson saved Blake. Got it. And this kid, this fourteen-year-old kid, saved his brother the same way. What he pulled like what the. Like three three chest pumps and then a breathing one. Um, I, I don't have that much detail. All I know is that Dwayne Johnson called O'Connor a hero, and that's what we're going to go for. He okay, was, so 
the fact that every other person that taught the same maneuvers means nothing comparatively. They didn't learn it from the rock. Yeah, nah, exactly. He didn't see all the other techniques. He just saw this movie and was like, oh, I'm going to try that. And then he won. He saved a life. Because the thing about it is, is majority of CPR is done so many times everywhere else. I feel like <laughs> just because The Rock did it does not mean that's where he learned it. I mean, okay, I've seen CPR being done since I was like 10. It's, it's interesting to me that you're cutting down this 10-year-old boy's experience of saving your life. And you're just I'm like, just no, it down. it's not. The Rock, it's, it's, interesting. <laughs> it's interesting to me that CPR is in alphabetical order. Maybe it was CPR. Maybe it was the way he dove under the water and brushed things aside. I don't know. He saved a life. It doesn't matter. This is not Baywatch. <laughs> Different rock movie. Oh, oh, this movie was Baywatch. Did you hey see yo. Blake? Oh, oh my. yeah. That's true. She was in both, by the way. Yes, she was. Yes, she was. Yes, she was. All right. Uh, final trivia. This is a very long one, so I'm going to distill it down. Uh, the Let's see. The director, Brad Payton, he wanted all the actors – to do their own stunts because in his mind for this film to make sense and to connect with people, you need to see, see it from their perspective. So when Dwayne Johnson jumps out of the helicopter in the first scene, that's actually him jumping out of it. And they filmed it in a way where the, you could show all of the actors in this film doing their own stunts because it draws more of a connection to them. If you see them doing what's happening. So you see their facial features. Yeah, exactly. But yes. So it it was actually them, not CGI, not stunt doubles. It was them doing a lot of their own stunts. I don't know how I don't know the percentage of it, but there was a lot of it because they wanted the audience, us, to feel the connection with those people. I felt no such connection. All right. Yeah, well you're you're a robot. All right. Uh money makes the world go round. <laughs> this is where I give you guys perspective of how the film debuted. So you get a feel financially how it held up to its peers. The budget for this film, $110 million. That's the budget. What do you think this film... It's a CGI. Yeah, I'm sure part of that was CGI. What do you think this film grossed worldwide at the box office? Um, You want to go? I'm going to say 410. Ooh, that's a good answer. That's a good answer. Um, good answer. Good answer. Good answer. All right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Family Feud. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, I would say. Let's see. Was it one ten? You said one ten was the budget. Yes. Uh, six hundred. Six hundred. All right. In the U.S., this is gross one hundred and fifty-five million dollars. Fuck. In the foreign box office, three hundred and eighteen. Point eight million dollars, still fuck. Yes, you were uh, yeah, not too far off. Total worldwide gross four hundred and seventy four point nope seven hundred ah four hundred and seventy four million dollars. Oh my god, I'm still very emotional from all the uh, father daughter stuff. So I won one. Cowboy gets it. Yay. Yes. This film debuted on May twenty second, two thousand fifteen, with fifty four point six million dollars in the U S. This was the twentieth highest grossing film of two thousand fifteen. Number one that year, as we've said before, it was Jurassic World. Figures. I knew it was going to be Jurassic something. Yeah. It's always Jurassic something. So that was 2015's. Oh. Yeah. That was was 2015's San Andreas, directed by Brad Payton. Check our website, ratpackpodcast.com slash spoilers. Follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Spoiler Show. Check out and subscribe to our YouTube channel, Rat Pack Productions. Write to us via email at spoilers at ratpack.productions for any questions, opinions, and movie requests. Please rate, and review the sh- please rate and review the show on Apple Podcasts so we can help get the rankings up. We need more reviews so we can be accredited so we have credentials. Yeah. Also, rate and review the show on iTunes uh, if that's still around, if you still have that. Who cares? Uh, if you leave us a review... And a recommendation. That movie will go to the top of our list and watch it before any other movie. See. Next week, as I mentioned before, we are doing the quarantine block of shows. This one was for Hollywood. This one, this next one we're going to do. Is for? Unfortunately. Yeah. Is for Maestro. Aha! So we're going to do 1986's Critters. 
Oh, yes. I don't know yes. what this is about. When I first saw Critters, I thought Tremors, and I was like, oh, I like that movie. This is not Tremors. <laughs> no, it's not. <laughs> Wait, are we doing Critters 1 or 2? Uh, Critters uh, from 86. I think it's the first one. Oh, shit. Yes, do, you, do you prefer a second one? What do you, it's it's your pick, my show. second one's funnier. Oh, my God. Uh, so do I have to watch the first one to get the second one? Uh, no, it's completely different. All right. All right, fine. Critters 2. <laughs> Before I do that, Cowboy, do you agree with this or do you would rather see Critters 1? I, I haven't seen them in a long time. Fair enough. So, uh, would you rather yeah. see one or two? Me? Yeah. Oh, it don't matter. Oh, All right, okay. I like the look on Adam's face right now. <laughs> okay, Critters 1. Okay, I can guarantee you Critters 1 won't give that much of like a vein pop for Adam than Critters 2. All right, sounds great. <laughs> Wait, hold on. <laughs> so we're doing Critters Two just to upset me more? Is that the whole premise of this? No, no I'm giving this entire. This is this is your ball. The ball's in your court in this one. Choose now. You can I, choose no, one I, or two. I've, I I don't know what these are. Pick one. One or two. Ooh, rock paper scissors. Number one. Daniel? I order you to take a number two. Rock paper scissors, Daniel. You be number one. I'll be number two. See who wins. Ready? One, two, three, go. One, two, three. Go. Okay. Right. One, two, three, go. I can't see what you got. Okay, All right. One, two, three, go. One, two, three, go. One, two, three, go. I feel like we're never going to win. All right. So here's what's going to happen. Uh, we'll figure it out after the, we're done recording here and we'll pick you one or what? two. No, I, I got an answer. Okay. Let's do Critters 1 All because right. Critters 2 is funny as hell. Okay. Very good. Critters 1 for next time. Critters. Ugh. I can't even say it. <laughs> I hate you so much. All right, guys. Thanks for being a part of this uh, podcast. Hope you guys are being safe out there with the coronavirus running around. Wash your hands. Uh, social distancing, blah, blah, blah. Just be human beings. Common sense. And we'll all be fine. All right. Until next time, I am Adam. I'm Cowboy. And I am... Too late. You're done. It's my show. Bye. <laughs> Bye. Bye. What?